Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1835. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, with a very special guest by the name of Pete Klein. Hey, Pete, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I am ready to pop the clutch and get going. All right, we'll spin some tires here. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into your life, what's one little thing that most people may not know about you? I played in a touring band had a recording contract from early 2000s, and I played and toured and was shoved in an Affordacato line van for long periods of time with other musicians. And some people may not know that about me because they may just know me from either the motorcycle racing component that I had or from the nonprofit side. Party on, Garth. Well, that's cool. Uh, uh, well, so what interest, in, interest, what instrument did you play? The bass, the oh, most cool. underrated instrument electronic instrument out there so uh for you know who are overrated guitar players and singers the bassist is what makes things happen so well it is yeah. all my bassists out there there you go yeah there you go it's, it's interesting when you go on youtube and you can listen to different songs just the bass component and what an important factor it plays but it it's it's kind of just one of these things that sets the pace and it's in the background i i played guitar for years at a band in high school and uh, i was the a lead guitar guy so i was that guy bass always interested me but i never really played it i pick it up a few times and kind of mess around but my first thought was always why are the strings so fat so <laughs> <laughs> because they are i don't because, know I, I don't know why because they have like, to be yeah. well let me right. give you a proper introduction and we'll dive into oh by the way do, do you still play no but like bob seeker says you can come back baby rock and roll never forgets so i figure i can come back to it at some time right you know it's interesting the muscle memory i have some guitars around here and there was a song that i remember i had to learn remember classical gas mm-hmm and I had to learn that for this important recital. It's a bit of a technical song. And I can literally not touch a guitar for a year and pick it up and kind of play the song. It's just muscle memory. I don't think about I just, I'm like, how do I do that? It's so weird. So that muscle memory and chord progressions and things, but uh, it's something that I, I look at my guitars and I think I need to pick them up more often and enjoy them and play them. Uh, it's a nice little escape. Yeah, music is wonderful. Love it. Pete Klein is the executive director and founder of Vet Motorsports. Their mission is to place qualifying participants within a wide range of motorsports-related activities from amateur events up to professional race teams. He and his team endeavor to create a mission-focusing, high-intensity team environments that provides a power analog to military service experience. Vet Motorsports offers veterans with new challenges, helping to focus their abilities and context for a positive future. And since 2013, they've been the nation's leading nonprofit in this space and have placed over 200 active duty, guard, reserve, gold star parents, and veterans with service-connected injuries into the motorsports activities world. Very cool. We'll be back just just a minute to talk more with Pete about this, but first, a word from our sponsors. So sit back, play yourself a little tune, pick up the guitar, and we'll be right back. 
Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors including the original, their Premier Series and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, While I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled or stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance, designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Pete, we are back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner. You mentioned motorcycles, you love cars, you love racing and all that. Let's talk about this venture, this very noble venture that you're doing. I I love it. Uh, I love veterans. We've had a lot of veterans on this show, support veterans. Uh, Tech Force Foundation supports veterans. They're my charity of choice. But let's talk more about Vet Motorsports. What is it all about? How'd you get into this? So I was inspired by BBC America's Top Gear show. So the original Top Gear, not the other itinerations. And what they had done is they... You know, they have these brief mini-sodes that they put on that are anywhere from 5 to 20 minutes. And they had a UK team that was trying to qualify for the Paris to Dakar off-road race. And so, for those listeners out there, you know, this is this long, arduous, very difficult off-road challenge. And so, these veterans had suffered just a whole bunch of different injuries. Some were paralyzed, some were missing limbs. And at that same time, I was trying to move up from the pro-am motorcycle road race ranks to go pro. And at the time, that was uh, AMA Pro, but now Motor America. And I thought, why can't we do that here? Why can't I take people from the military community and give them an opportunity to be in a race team and carry that forward? And 
you know, my background at the time was as I had been racing pro-am, I wanted to go and race in this spec series. And I had done some pretty interesting things prior to that. I had done stuff with the FIM and MotoGP at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I had been an official with a couple of sanctioning bodies with uh, USAC and just had collected, I guess, a depth of contacts and knowledge and experiences. And I thought this would be a pretty good way to carry it forward. And so what I did is I reached out to a veteran service organization and told them what I wanted to do. And I think they were, they thought I was half off my rocker. <laughs> uh, and then they came out and actually visited me and saw that it was totally legit and went out and put the event on. And so uh, for my first pro debut at Mid-Ohio, I not only raced with a crew composed of all veterans with service-connected injuries, but I fundraised for that uh, veteran organization at the same time. You know, I had a crew chief that I had worked with in MotoGP and the Moto2 series come out and help me out. You know, we qualified. I finished the race. I didn't go to the hospital. You know, we, it was all, it was a win-win for everybody, right? So, and that was really kind of what pushed it forward. And then from there, we just, when I mean we, I mean me in the third person sense, right? I just decided to carry it forward uh, and continue that that endeavor uh, because it was it was really resonating with me in a lot of different areas, especially in the giving giving forward aspect of it. And also because I was still involved in the racing community. You know, it's a wonderful thing that you're doing. I've had a lot of people on this show that help veterans. One that really stands out for me was a guy named Tim Medvets that I brought on the Cars Yeah because I had heard he was a chopper builder to the stars. He dated Cher for four years and he was kind of a wild guy. He was a member of the Hells Angels for a while. And after a very traumatic experience in his life and what he went through, he created the Heroes Project. And you you kind of made me, rem reminded me of him because when you went to the veterans group and said, hey, I want to do this for them, and they thought you were crazy. Well, he decided he wanted to take veterans who'd lost limbs mountain climbing. And he ended up taking a man who'd lost both of his legs, I believe in Iraq, to the top of Mount Everest. So what you're doing is so noble and so important to get people back on track and into a life. What 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 motivates you to do this? What is it about veterans? I don't know. I think I've always had an affinity for the military community. And to be pretty upfront with all your listeners, I, you know, I never served, right? You know, I, I, my stepdad served in the Army. He was second ID. He was at the Korean DMZ in the mid-60s. You know, my grandfather was in the Army Air Corps, and he trained bomber pilots. You know, so... I never served and I felt like this was a way for me to kind of give back. Right. I felt yeah. like my potential, my potential, all the gifts that I've been given and not so much the racing gifts. Right. I mean, I, I mean, you're only talented as you can be, but I mean, all these opportunities that felt like it was a way for me to kind of give back to a community that had given me so much. And really at the time when I started it, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, we're going to form a nonprofit and this is the way things are going to go. And this is going to be the next thing I'm going to be doing outside of my day job for the next 10 years or whatever the case may be. It was merely something that I wanted to put together. I think what really transformed me was how I saw the participants change throughout the weekend and really not only how it affected them in a positive way, but how it affected me in a positive way. And I think that's what inspired me to keep on doing the project, and even doing the project after I got hurt. You know, it's interesting and wonderful, and that leads to my next question. What's the favorite part of what you're doing in this program for you? I think for me, it's the challenge of 
maximizing my potential. And I listen, the program is about, you know, the serve the community that we serve and maximizing their potential. But at the same time, it's making me grow as a person, not only professionally, but emotionally as well. And so it allows me to step outside of maybe a narrative that somebody put it on me regarding what I can and can't do. And it allows me to really just go and operate in a space that is really new and I can expand and challenge myself. Does that, I guess, I don't know, is that, does that make sense to, to you and to the listeners, right? I it mean, makes a hundred percent sense. And here's why, Pete. My regular listeners have heard this ad nauseum, but I'm going to say it again. I've learned after interviewing now 1,834 people the secret to happiness. And it's really simple, giving back to others. And when we figure out as human beings that that is our mission and that's why we're here, that really is what makes us happiest. And many people don't realize this till either later in life. Some sadly never realize it because they're so selfish. Others figure it out really early in life, but you figured it out and that's where the reward comes from. And it really is what makes us happy. And you don't even know it sometimes what it's doing to your soul, your brain, your heart, whatever it it is, how you believe in yourself until you do it. And it could be simple. It could be just giving something or giving your time or in your case, creating a whole entity to help people who are in need. But that's what you just described to me. I think that though the thing that I like about it is a lot of organizations, you know, it's creating something from the sum of smaller individual pieces, right? So from my perspective, you know, we have Bet Motorsports as this, you know, we want to make it a global brand and, you know, we feel that we have a very strong presence, but it's really taking these opportunities that come to us by individuals or organizations and plugging them into the program to make the program stronger. And I think one of the things that resonates within me, one of my strengths that I feel is being able to take these components and draw the dots, connect the dots to how they all align and understand how we can maximize that opportunity. And for me, I mean, even just talking about it, I feel that's what really gets me excited is how we can create opportunity out of something that is maybe nothing. But if we collaborate and work together, we're going to create something that can be transformative. Absolutely. Can you describe or explain to me maybe a couple really phenomenal positive moves forward for the people that you help that have happened? Maybe just a couple of quick stories or even one great quick story that just made you go, wow, didn't expect that to happen. I think there's a couple, I think more about it in events where I've actually worked with participants and, and seen the transformation. So I mean, I can name a couple of, and some of them are like lighthearted and fun, but I mean, from my perspective, one of the opportunities that we got was with Ducati at Pikes Peak uh, in the mid 2010s, right? So I think it was like 2015 or 2014 around that time. And we were able to go out and have two Marines be embedded for seven days with the Ducati team. And those seven days on Pikes Peak, it was just an amazing event, right? And we sat down and had dinner with the Marines uh, separate from the team. And, you know, things were said and, you know, the, uh, not they were never maybe going to have that opportunity at that time, maybe in the future if something else would have come up, but just seeing that transformation, right? And because I think from my perspective and for the listeners out there, you know, people want purpose. They want, they want to feel appreciated. And then when you come out of the military and especially if you're injured, you know, maybe you don't have that sense of purpose. 
you don't um, have that drive, but you want to still give back to the community and you, you may be swimming in this abyss of not knowing. And, and for those two participants at Pikes Peak, I mean, you could just see that transformation, right? And we've had other instances where even just body, providing some kind of basic experience for them, listen, it may not be the thing that they want to do for the rest of their life, right? You know, motorsports as a vocation or motorsports as a, uh, as a hobby, but at least they got out of the house and tried it. Right. And I do feel that we've had these conversations in the background where they've said, I, I would never have gotten out of the house had you not offered this opportunity to me, or this made me realize that I may not want to do this, but I can do this or that. And those are the conversations that we have one-on-one or via email after the fact that, that really, know that we're on the right track with something. I'm not sure if that dances around the question, but those are the things that we see on our side. Oh, they're great. Now, if you were going to offer some advice to somebody who wants to go out and do something, maybe not specifically what you're doing, but find a way to help, how would you advise them to get started? I can, I wrote this down. You know, uh, for those of you out there, I, I get a, a list of questions and I have to kind of like think about them ahead of time uh, before the interview. And one of the things that I, I thought about was really, failing, right? One of the things that was first said to me when I started the nonprofit and from my wife, she looked at me and just said, don't screw this up. Now she didn't say screw this up. She used the, <laughs> she used the word with the F bomb in it, but she said, don't screw this up because you're affecting the lives of the participants. Right. And so one of the, there's a couple of things here. It's a very, this can be a very complex question, right? Because if you, if you consider yourself an entrepreneur, which I do consider myself an entrepreneur in the sense of creating something and giving back. Now it could be a social entrepreneur, you know, well, Pete, it's a nonprofit, you know, you're not, you know, you're not in a business, nonprofits, a business. I just happen to be giving my money away from the donors and all those things. Right. Uh, but to the point, understanding that failure is acceptable as long as you're learning from it and that you're protecting your brand name in the name of the company or organization that you're working for. Right. And then you need to understand that you need to build a team of people around you that can help you achieve whatever goals you're trying to get to. I think it's easy for those out there that don't know how to get started in something to be paralyzed by fear, right? To stand on that precipice and look down into this black void of whatever and just don't want to do it because they're afraid of failure. Everybody's going to fail, right? And you just have to understand that you can, but you're going to fail forward, as they say. And the second one is, is get people around you that are smarter. In my case, it's pretty easy, but smarter than you are <laughs> and that can contribute in a positive manner. I think it's, it's easy to get people around you that are always going to be yes people like your friends and your family and whatever. It's harder for you to go seek people out that can provide you constructive input on how to be a success or how to make something successful. You've got to delegate that away and listen to those people. All great tips, value bombs, golden nuggets, as I call them here, uh, that you listeners have heard before, but it, repeating it is, is good because it reminds you what you need to do. And uh, no matter what level, you can go out and help somebody do things and achieve things and feel better about themselves. And what Pete's doing is, is a wonderful way to do that. We'll put links to his program on his show notes page. We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about a big challenge, maybe with this or something else in your life. So sit tight, keep the seatbelt on, and we'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. 
For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett-Jackson website for unique details on this new, exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARS YEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. All right, Pete, so let's talk about a big challenge, big failure, uh, whatever that might be. But the more important part of this is what was that life lesson, that valuable lesson to help you move forward positive. So take us on a bit of a dirty, bumpy ride, perhaps. So I think the biggest failure, I think perceived failure, right? I, so I think it's, and we can get all metaphysical with this, right? So I think <laughs> the thing that, you know, wanting to get promoted in your day job, trying to rely upon other people. I mean, that, I mean, when I didn't achieve that, it was a, it was a pretty hard blow for me professionally, right? Outside, you know, you know, having a day job and all that and, you know, you know, and then you feel undervalued or am I doing the right thing? And then you have to kind of like, from my perspective, I just had to really take a hard look at it and ask myself, even if I would have gotten that position, would I have been able to succeed on my terms? And the answer was no, right? I think it's very easy if you don't get promoted in a job or if you're, if you're overlooked or whatever, but then you have to ask yourself, one, is it really a right fit? And the, the response to me in my case was no. Were they going to use me for my full potential? Again, the response was going to be no. And then was it going to be on my terms? And it was no. So it was a very difficult thing to accept at the time. But in hindsight, it would not have led me to where I'm at today. And I'm and I hopefully that answers the question, right? I, I think not. I think you if somebody wants something really bad and you know, there's that thing, be careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. I think in my case, knowing what I know now, I nah. 
I, I, you know, I, I'm good with without that, right? Yeah. So yeah. So if somebody was in a similar situation, maybe felt like they hadn't gotten to where they wanted to get to, how would you advise them? Well, I think, you know, this is where my wife has been, you know, very instrumental with me, and you know, having somebody there that can provide a different input on it. Right. And so I think if somebody's having the same issue where, you know, I feel undervalued or, you know, I'm not getting promoted the way I want to or, or whatever. Right. I think it's very easy to gravitate. And this actually applies to the veteran community as well. I think it's very easy to gravitate towards people that are just going to console you and, oh yeah, heck with those people and blah, blah, blah. Right. I think it's harder for you to go to somebody that can offer constructive criticism as to why it didn't work out and what you should do to get to where you want to go. Some people, especially in my case, wanted something so bad, but was never going to be able to succeed in that role, if that makes sense. So I think going and finding constructive input. Now, I just read an article on Forbes yesterday, like a four-minute thing. I want those four minutes back, by the way, Forbes, because I read the article and it wasn't that great. But <laughs> one of the things they one of the things they said was, you know, do this, that, and the other. And I'm just like, you know, for the for some person that would probably be a successful thing. It was a very broad painted picture about going back to work after COVID. But for others, it's just I read it and I'm like, that doesn't even apply to me. So I think the thing that I would probably sum up too is, you know, if you're trying something and it's not working, is that really the right fit? Right. I'm very much a proponent of working within your strengths, not trying to work in improving your weaknesses, because I think you'll never I think you you'll shore up that weakness, but you'll never be strong in that area. I think if you're having a hard time with something, you have to ask yourself, is it really going to be something that I'm going to be successful in? What really is driving me for that? And is there another way, another path for me to get there? Or is there someplace else I could be where I can feel fulfilled? That makes sense. When you look ahead at, a, say, a bucket list with Vet Motorsports, where do you see, where do you want to be is a better way to ask the question in the next, let's say, three years, four years, five years? Global domination. So, I, <laughs> there so you go. I don't, right, right. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't want my own Air Force of cargo planes and, and cars. No, I think from a, I think sustainability f- for us, like any nonprofit, is key, right? And being able to offer consistent, programming and not so much a volume of programming, but I'm, I'm more about let's offer more intimate programming that makes a difference. And as opposed to, I want to run hundreds of people through the program on an annual basis. Well, yeah, that'd be great. And I still want to do that, but I want to be able to do it in a quality, not quantity perspective. So over the next three years, I think trying to work on relationships with OEMs, trying to work on scalability, right? And right now we're in a big scalability project to for growth, for expansion. That's really where I want to be at. I, I want to be known as like the global brand of uh, veteran and military outreach in the motorsports community. Because if you look at, and I, and I think you know this as much as I have, there's always a need for people in motorsports, right? There's always a need for people to be engaged. And if you look at how the community is beginning to age out, Right now with Vietnam veterans, uh, you know, I think by 2024, anybody Vietnam or earlier is going to pass away. That's a huge amount of people leaving the motorsports field. It's ripe for opportunity for people to come in, but we need to create a a, a door or a gateway for them to get engaged either as a vocation or as a as a hobby or what I, you know, a third home principle where they can come out and hang out and, and feel welcome. Brilliant. I love it. 
Let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. I want you to tell me what that was. Could be a car or a bike. In the case of bikes, you love to ride. Uh, what was that vehicle and what made it so special? <laughs> I'm going to set the Wayback Machine. Yeah, uh, I think good. when we talked about earlier, right, We were, I think you're just a touch older than I am. So in high school, I, I had this car. I loved it. It was a 78 Olds Cutloose Supreme, right? So it had the Landau top. Yep. You know, for those of a <laughs> Some people are like, what's that? It was a land out. So it wasn't a full vinyl top, right? They cut it back at, at the pillar by the front door. So it was like a half of yes, a vinyl top. Yeah, yeah. And then it had like the crushed, like velvet interior <laughs> bucket seats. <laughs> yeah. And it had um, the mag wheels and it had the Goodyear Eagles on it. Yeah, I love that car. I mean, for me, that car was amazing. Now, I'm not going to talk about the 76 Plymouth Fury that had the leaf springs rust through the trunk or the AMC Pacer. Or the, any of the other stuff that I own. <laughs> so I think the Cutlass Supreme, just because I think in high school, that's a very impressionable era time for you. And I think, um, you know, I, I loved having that car from a motorcycle side, you know, had a 86 Honda Interceptor that, you know, I eventually met my wife on and rode around the country. And that was a, also, a, it was not, it was more of a rat bike than a, a you know, a pristine yeah. Honda Interceptor, right? So it, it was fun and I enjoyed my time with that as well. Well, 78 olds, Malay's period. I'm part of a Facebook group, Malay's Cars, which is an interesting, interesting group to be a part of. Interesting period. Whenever I see one of those vehicles of that period in time, I always take a quick snapshot and post it and people go crazy. Malay's is kind of from 73 to 83. That period of time that was suffering pretty poor performance because of fuel mandates and so forth. And the cars, you know, were just kind of big and heavy and sluggy slow. And uh, yeah, interesting period, but I know exactly what you're talking about, which leads me to a very introspective question. That is, if you were a vehicle, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself, what would you be and why? Station wagon. Okay. And why a station wagon? <laughs> so I had to think about this. I had to like, oh, metaphysical. He's given me a metaphysical question. I need to think about something. I had to think about it in regards to my personality, right? So I, I think a station wagon, it can be a performance sleeper, right? You don't necessarily think it could be th- seen as grandmother's car, right? But it's also, a, it could be a performance sleeper, like a so accurate. May, so GSX maybe not car. an A6 Avant. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, they're practical. Yeah. They typically hold their value. They're reliable, right? So those were the key, you know, all the bullet points I thought about uh, if I tried to manifest myself as a car. So I think station wagon is where I want to be. I think reliable, holds a lot of stuff. Sleeper can be a performance. So yeah, I'm going to put it right there. Well, I love wagons and I'm seeing now you're starting to see 80s wagons like I just saw. It was on Bring a Trailer, a pretty high price paid for a E-Class Mercedes wagon, uh, the, the BMW 5 Series wagons, uh, which were so great. And of course, I mentioned the Audis. I mean, their their wagons going back to the the fours and the fives and the sixes, or the sixes uh, wagons that they did, and the Avants that had some power. But nobody knows it except for those driving and the rest of us who know what's really going on. Like, oh, and even the uh, the U.S. cars, the Magnum wagons and so forth. Good friend of mine, Chris, drives one that has a mega horsepower. But most people go, huh, a wagon? Why would he drive that? Right. I mean, we know. <laughs> do, do, should we change? We do know, but should we change the term from a wagon to a state car? If we change it to a state car, would that would that get rid of maybe some of the misconceptions, or do well, we have to? Well, yeah, I like to use like the European term touring. Uh, oh. You know, that's kind. Mm-hmm. Of, I don't like the word estate. Sounds too. I don't know. 
old. Like you need a, a like, or, or like you have to have a can of or a jar of Grey Poupon well, in the glove box, a whole, right? Yeah, you know? That's a whole other <laughs> level of crazy. But yeah, exactly. But I like the touring concept. You know, go touring, go on a trip, road trip. You know, it's kind of fun. But yeah, I love. I, I'm kind of hoping I could. I've tried to tuck my wife into wagons for years. She's ended up with SUVs or she has BMWs, so SAVs they call them. But you know what everybody drives. But I, I'd love to get get her into a wagon just because I like driving them. So maybe the next car. Well, we've already talked about how you give back in multitudes of ways, which is great. So I'm going to advance forward a little bit to a book here. Is there a book you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, I can. I don't get to read much, and then the books that I do get. Have a lot of pictures and small words. No, I'm just That's kidding. Okay. So I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I've had a lot of people recommend magazines instead of books. So no, um, I can think about the books that I read in the past. Yeah. That's so fine. Um, I remember the Leia Coca story was a great mm-hmm. book that I read in the mid '80s when I was a kid, um, and also the Carol Shelby story. Yeah. I mean, I think those two books. And I'm a Ford guy at heart. Uh, I'll be pretty upfront growing up in Cleveland uh, with the Ford engine plant 40 minutes or less from my house in par- in the Parma area. So I think those two books are great. I think there's a lot of other books out there. Um, the one book, like from a business perspective, for those out there listening is Strength Finder. Strength Finder is a great for those of you that want to know what your strengths are from a business perspective and where things resonate within you where you can make a difference. Um, taking, buying that book and taking the exam, I think is a great vehicle, no pun intended for you. If you're trying to find what your niche is to, to maybe suss, suss that out a little bit. Yeah. I read that book, uh, when I went through a big transition in my career in strength finder 2.0, it's a book written by Tom Rath. And I found it really interesting. I took the test and got the report back and looked it over and agreed with some of it. And some of it, I went, that's interesting. Okay. Why would they think that? But I've recommended that book to a lot of people. And of course, Lee Iacocca books. I mean, there's a couple really, really great ones. Uh, Where Have All the Leaders Gone, I believe is one of them. Another great one. He's the autobiography about him. One he's talking about, I think it was Bean Counters or something like that. And of course, Carol Shelby too. There's another winner. So I'll put links to these books on Pete's show notes page. You can find them all with quick, easy clicks to buy. Like all my past inspiring uh, guests have offered us here so remember to go to a place on the website called guest recommended books where all those books are listed with quick easy clicks to buy we'll take one last short break we come back we're going to go on the ultimate drive or ride here pete so sit tight we'll be right back cars yeah is proud to support our veterans which is why i've teamed up with our nonprofit partner tech force foundation through its veterans at work military transition campaign the tech shortage is very real and our country needs skilled qualified techs to keep our cars trucks airplanes and fleets rolling when so many vets build their skills in maintaining and servicing vehicles when deployed TechForce helps transition those skills to jobs as professional technicians when they come home. Learn more about TechForce Foundation and its Veterans at Work Military Transition Fund at techforce.org today. All right, the ultimate drive. How this works is you get to pick the vehicle, you get to pick who you're with, you get to pick where you're going, and maybe what you're talking about. This could be somebody living or somebody who's passed. So what would the ultimate drive look like for you? I think a cross-country trip in the continental U.S., because we're such a big country, I think, yeah, that would be in a wagon. <laughs> there right? you go. So it has to be a station wagon, cross-country trip. And, you know, who's in the car with me? I mean, I'm going to... I could have anybody in the world, right? Anybody yeah. in the car with me, yeah. right? Is that right? Living or deceased. Somebody's maybe let me past, yeah. 
Can I, I'm going to say my wife or my daughter strictly because my daughter's a teen and I think the opportunity to be with her as she gets older is going to be a little more and more difficult, right? I'm already dealing with some of the the door closed phase and not come out for dinner and then go back in. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think spending time with my wife and daughter uh, on a road trip, which we've done is just, it's a, a, we have a great time and I'd still love to do that. And, And some of the listeners are probably like, man, you could pick anybody to be in the car with you dead or alive. I mean, I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, there's so many great people that you would want to have that, but I think just spending time with your family is really important. I know that's kind of probably a downer for some people, but no, that's, that's it's what's important to you. And I think it's really important. When my daughter went off to college, I had this grand plan of three days on the road, 1400 miles away, taking her to college. And uh, my wife advised me, she goes, you know what you think this trip's going to be like and what it's really going to be like are two different things. I just wanted to tell you. And I go, what are you talking about? And of course she was right. She always is. That's what happens when you marry somebody who's really smarter than you. But you know, my daughter was going off to college. And so her mind was on that. She was scared. She was excited. Most of her time was spent on her phone. And, but we did get into some music together, but I'll tell you something. Here's what's going to happen. This is a great thing for you, Pete, when you have a teenager, especially a daughter, is they become cats. They've been dogs their whole life, but they become cats. Okay? So everybody gets that. It's either had one or the other or both. But here's the great thing is they turn back into dogs at one point. They do come back. And I saw that the junior year for my daughter, because I used to fly back down to California and drive all the way back with her because she needed a car when she was in school. And that drive back, the dog was back. <laughs> so they do become dogs again. There's there's a good, but it's a good thing they become cats because they go off, they learn their own lives, they become their own person, they discover things, and they also discover during that time how valuable family is. Even though they kind of knew it, they relearn it. So there's a little bit of hope for you on that cross-country <laughs> trip. You've taken us on a great ride today, and I want to do a shout-out to Jeff Alon, who's introduced us. Thank you, Jeff, for he's introduced me to several great people for introducing me to Pete. This has been a wonderful talk. Uh, what are maybe uh, parting words of wisdom advice, a mantra you could share with us before we let you go? Um, don't eat three-day-old sushi. No. Um, <laughs> don't eat gas station sushi <laughs> when you're on that cross-country yeah. trip. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Man, that's a, what it, a parting shot for the listeners out there. Yeah. I think, I really have to think about this. I think follow your passion, right? In, in, I would say be flexible in how you get there. I think a regiment. Now I'm a scorpion. My wife's a Capricorn. She, you know, she has to have a plan. I'm more loose and fancy free. I think Follow your passion and do what you, you know, to where you want to go and be flexible enough to try it. But also at the same time, be respectful to those around you and be a good person because that will get you more places than the other side of that. Absolutely. The old, uh, what's that saying about you can attract more... Bees with honey honey than you can with a fly swatter. Flies with poop or something. I forget. I've got it all. I've got it all backed up. Maybe you could attract flies with poop. I don't know. But at any rate, I'll get that one dialed in here. (laughs) What are some ways that our listeners can learn more about Vet Motorsports? So you can reach out to us on the web, the internet, which is a thing now, right? So it's um, Vet Motorsport. (laughs) (laughs) Vet Motorsports. It's not a fad. Vet Motorsports. Org. That's V E T like veteran then motorsports put together dot yep. org we're on instagram at vet motorsports we're on twitter vet motorsports we're on facebook at vet motorsports um we have a donation page we run 
all on donations as the executive director and our team. We are all volunteers. So 80 cents on every dollar goes straight to what we do to provide opportunities for the military community to get involved in grassroots motorsports. Nice. Um, you can just go to our webpage if you want to learn more about how to be involved as a volunteer, as a donor, if you fit in the participant criteria, how you can get involved into an event. And just visit us there and, and we will reach out and respond to you. Listeners, this is an awesome deal. Uh, look into this. Learn a little bit more. If you've got the means to help, by any means help in any way that you can, I'll put all these links on Pete Klein, C-L-I-N-E, his webpage here on the Cars Yeah website. Pete, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise. It was for a great, fun talk with you. This has been great. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.